Message three is a development, actually, of message two. I read the subject to you, but then I'll show you what the subject really is. <laughs> More than conquering in sufferings, tribulations, afflictions, anguish, and all circumstances through the one who loves us. So the message will not be on sufferings, <laughs> not on tribulations, nor afflictions, nor anguish, and not even all circumstances. It is about the one who loves us. And something I do believe the Lord is starting to do right now, he will do until now, until nine o'clock, and he will continue one by one with you. Based upon Romans 5, 5, he's going to pour out the love of God into our heart. Lord, we open our heart to you. Pour your love into our heart. And so the conquering, the overcoming in all these situations are through the one who loves us. So let's come directly uh, into the outline. It's only one page, but there's a little bit on the next page. But there are some precious points worthy of uh, concentration. Because of God's unchanging love for us, and the fact that Christ has accomplished everything on our behalf, neither tribulation nor persecution can suppress or defeat us. Rather, in all these things, we more than overcome and conquer through him who loves us. So this is the focus. This is the means. His love for us enables us to overcome in any and every situation we are in. And we say this with much realization of some of the most painful or heartbreaking situations that we have to go through living on the earth. But as we go through, we're going through in a way that billions of people do not know. And that is the love of God strengthens us, enables us in the midst of any situation that we are overcoming in that. And this may sound mysterious to some, but others will not be. These things take place simultaneously at times. On one level, we're human beings in our soul. We are experiencing this kind of loss, this kind of tribulation, affliction, the anguish of it, the indescribable pain about it. But yet deep within, it seems mysterious how can it can be at the same time there is the power of Christ's resurrection life 
but something even more beneficial than that. It's the love of God, of the triune God, being poured out into us. And we realize this is what is going to bring us through. We won't read the verses now, but toward the end of Romans 8, Paul could testify, there is nothing in heaven and earth that will separate us from the love of God. The enemy will try, but he will be defeated because the love of God will enable us to conquer every attack from that source. A point two, the love of Christ in Romans 8 is for those who are suffering. This is the particular context. It's not only for those that are suffering, but in this context, it is. Because this is the greatest need. We can cry out, why is this happening? Why? There'll not be an answer. Our wise God is just not being an answer. But there's a response. And I was considering whether I should mention this or not. But I I think I have the Lord's inner guidance to do this. After I had that heart surgery that one day. And then I was brought into the intensive care unit to be watched over there. And for 48 hours, I was wide awake. Just just wide awake. Every part of my body, my mind was very active. And my emotion and will and spirit and heart and soul. And what was going on was that simultaneously, the Lord was touching and dealing and judging and removing So many things going deeper and deeper into my being, touching, going areas where somehow he hadn't been able to reach at that level. But while this was going on, he would just speak one word again. He was, touch this, love, deal with this, love, love, love. And love is, is what remained because he knew This was his sovereign arrangement for my in that particular need. He knew where I was. He knew there were aspects of my being that he still needed to reach. And only he knows, only he knows the depths of our inner being. We shouldn't try to go down there. And when it's time for him to advance and he arranges a particular situation, that he may go there because our God is thorough in what he does. He is detailed. He leaves nothing untouched. He's going to to touch with the power of his resurrection life, motivated by love, every part of our inner being. And so that we will be like the lover of the Lord in Song of Songs chapter 8. The love has matured. She has become his counterpart. And she is just saying, Lord, I want to see you outside. I want to be raptured. And when I see you, I will kiss you. It is love that has brought me to this point. 
And so whenever we're in a difficult situation, there is no miraculous change. But there is something that is long-lasting, and that is the love of Christ being dispensed into us, and that enables us to conquer in that situation. And what's going to be the testimony corporately of the living brothers and sisters as members of the body, because no individual can experience everything and, and experience conquering everything. But in the body as a whole, there will be a testimony. Look here is a corporate expression of overcoming every negative thing that human beings ever encountered. I'm going to marry her. I'm going to come for her. Because this is what I have produced in them. Three, whatever problems we may have, the answer is always the love of Christ. I know we have that simple question, why? And I remember the most painful why I ever heard. And I hope and I trust I'll never hear it again. And this was a family that I had known since 1966. I knew when their son was born, from the time he was an infant. And when he was, when he was 11 years old and he was in the sixth grade, I and some other brothers were serving in children's meeting on the Lord's Day. And those that were 11 years old in the sixth grade, we wanted all of them to be dynamically saved and baptized to be sure that they would enter into the next stage of their human life really born again. And uh, I, I helped to serve him. And I remember I was t would take some of them out one by one, older brother to younger brother, just to have breakfast, to have fellowship. And then we baptized them. Then a few weeks later, we had a prayer meeting in Anaheim. And there was some, was an extremely unusual prayer. The, the power of it, the authority of it. And the prayer was partly expressed. What is going on in California? What kind of government? What is taking place? Because the governor was releasing people who had been in prison, who should stay in prison for the terrible things that they did. And then I, then after the meeting, we found out that this dear brother Benjamin, he's, he didn't come home from his daily duty of, of delivering papers and trying to get people to sign up. And, and the last time he was seen, it was in a certain apartment facility. So I went there, and the police had set up a little station there. And then Brother Lee found out. He said, just keep me in touch about what's happening. And so I was very close to the family. I stayed with them. And nothing happened for about two days. And then I was with them in the evening. And there was the night um, detective. He was assigned for that. And he told them 
a young boy, his body has been found, but we don't know his identity. And then at 3 a.m., we were all awake, I was there, and he got the call. And I could tell by his facial expression and his response. Then he had to say, I'm sorry to tell you, that was your son. He was killed. And understandably, the mother just shrieked and cried out, why? How can there not be that cry? Why? And the only response that the Lord gives, even to something as indescribably heartbreaking as this, is what's going to happen is the love of God is going to conquer this and deal with this situation. And many of us can testify that in various situations, not as severe as this, thankfully, but we realize that this is the problem. I really want to know why. And now I have questions. I still have questions. And I have a hope that when I see the Lord face to face, he'll answer the questions. But I got this kind of feeling when I'm with him, I'm going to forget the questions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> say, oh, Lord, that's come on now. I'll never get the answer. But maybe it'll never matter. But the point is here that the answer is always the love of Christ. Okay, these are words on paper. Is based upon verse 37, the key verse to this conference, that we more than conqueror through him who loves us. And so it's going to be wave after wave. It's going to be personal experience after personal experience that the wave of love is going to be the factor that enables us to overcome in any and all situations. And so, for in the love of Christ, it is the love of Christ that enables us to overcome all situ all tribulations and anguish, sometimes even more than the, the event itself. It's just the anguish, the pain in our being. But what is going to overcome this? Not just the power of God. Not simply the wisdom of God. Not even the resurrection life of Christ. But nothing can defeat the outpoured love of God into any and all of us in various situations. Five. I'm not racing through, but I'm going to spend more time in some other portions. Instead of being defeated we more than conqueror through the one who loves us. So now we are uh, increasing our consideration of this verse. Instead of being defeated, we more than conquer through the one who loves us. And we need to follow this, even some of, some of you, especially the sisters who can do two things at once. There's something about male and female. I don't know how you can do it. You can do more than one thing at once. 
I can only do one thing at a time. Anyway, I'm glad you can do it. So you can listen, you can take notes, and you can pray at the same time. And so, well done. Okay, if the Lord would lead you to inwardly pray, Lord, make this so real to us that instead of being defeated, we more than conquer through the one who loves us. So it's not just the love itself apart from the Lord. It's the one who loves us. This is the main characteristic of God himself. He's the one who loves us. A, we are being put to death and are counted as sheep for slaughter. That's a verse there. Paul really knew that situation. He lived this way daily, daily. And shortly after, he was saved after Christ was re revealed himself to him. And he appeared to that brother and sent him to speak to, to Paul and to direct him to be baptized, calling on the name of the Lord. And he told the brother, he will know what things I've appointed him to suffer his whole life. I believe next to the Lord Jesus Christ himself, no one suffered more than Paul. But you, you, you just read through his epistles. You don't have any feeling of any kind of complaining, any kind of uh, self-love, nothing like that, because there was something much higher than what he was gone through. How many times, at least four times, with a rod he was beaten on his back? And he said, four times I was in a shipwreck. I don't know what kind of course he had. Shipwreck 101, 201. He said, one night, I spent a whole night in the Mediterranean. I'm looking forward to see him. I say, Paul, how did you stay afloat? Were you just going like this for 12 hours? How did you do it? And then he said, well, that was, you know, there was my final experience on the boat in chapter 27. And so here is a pattern of a very sinful, rebellious human being who was saved dynamically and by the power of resurrection life of Christ, but even more by the one who loved us. He is the testimony of coming to everything in a conquering way, more than conquering. He wrote this, in all these things, we more than conquer. And you read his last words written in Second Timothy 4. He said, I'm already being poured out as a drink offering. He sends no fear, no self-pity. We do not know historically the fact and how he was put to death but he was under Nero, Caesar Nero, and he had various ways to terminate the believers. He beheaded many. Others he put on a, on a pole and set on, on fire. But you sense no fear at all. And Peter the same. And the Lord told him in John 21, you know, when you were young, you could go where you preferred to go. But... But at the end, you'll be brought to another place. In other words, you're going to, to die. And according to the tradition, we know, don't know if this is a fact, that he was also crucified. But he also said, 
do it upside down. I'm not worthy of being the same. And so, yeah, on the one hand, we can say these are heroes, they're apostles, but actually they would say, please don't have this view. I'm just an ordinary believer, just like you. You have the same process and consummated triune God as love, saturating your being. Just let him flow and he will produce the victory in you, item after item after item. B, nevertheless, in all these things, we more than conquer through him who loved us. Our Lord who loves us has more than conquered all these things. So he has conquered, more than conquered all these things. This should be the common experience of all Christians. And so you have in 1 John 5, 4, John is saying that that which is begotten of God overcomes the world, everything. And he's referring to our regenerated spirit and the capacity of our spirit regenerated. Now it's a mingled spirit with the life-giving spirit of God is victorious. There's nothing that can withstand our mingled spirit filled with the love of the triune God, constituted with the divine love. Then we will have the love that is the expression of the Spirit, and we will respond to others with love. So we will have the love that is the expression of the Spirit. You look at Galatians 5.22, and Paul has a list of some of the fruit of the Spirit in contrast to the, the fruit of the flesh. And his, the first one he mentioned was love. And so it's the Spirit within us that effortlessly is going to produce fruit as the, the first production of the indwelling Spirit in all of us. Now we'll spend some more particular time on 7, 8, and 9. The pouring out of the love of God into our hearts is a matter, a matter of the essence of God. So, the New Testament tells us God, this is the Apostle John again, God is light and God is love. Love is the source of grace. Light is the source of truth. And when we see here about uh, the essence, the essence of God is love. In other words, the very essence of his being, which is love itself, and that is what he is dispensing that he is pouring out into our hearts the essence of God. And now we just need to pause because we need to, not that we have to turn this into a prayer meeting, but now we have to take a step from the verse, from some explanation, 
to the actual experience of this. And that I would hope within the next 24 hours, you could have at least even 10 minutes privately alone with the Lord. And by the exercise of your spirit and of faith, you just come to him and say, Lord, I fully open my whole being to you. I, but I hold nothing back from you. I want you access, you to have access to every part of my inward being. And then the response will be, he will pour it out. He's not going to put it drip by drip. It will be poured out. And all of us, at least one time, needs to have a remarkable experience like this. It's not just that we now I, I, read, I read the verse. I know Romans 5, 5. And it may be something the Lord will not allow you to talk about. There's certain, the deepest experiences you'll never talk about. It's between you and the Lord. Other aspects you can share with others. But the, the roots, the depths are between you and the Lord. And there will just be the situation. And this prayer is going up right now. The Lord is interceding at this very moment. And, and the Spirit is in us. We'll have a message on this tomorrow morning. Right now, the Spirit is in us inter interceding for us. And the Lord himself in the heavens is interceding for us. This is one person interceding, praying, Lord, pour out the love of God into this dear human vessel. Just pour it out. Wave after wave after wave after wave flowing into you until nothing can resist. He's not forcing you to do anything. Maybe you just finished or you're just finishing your university study and you've got this and that offered to you and that's a very good thing to do. There's some feeling maybe you should go to the full-time training and uh, but there's some you know, situation going on in your being. And look, look, and your parents would say, you're going to be behind in your career. Two years there, you're wasting your time. Others will get married. You won't be married. You're not even allowed to date during those two years, you know. And so there are, by the way, there are just two brothers that I know. They graduated from the training. They, they now... Uh, they share the lead of the first one to fall in love the earliest and they came into the full-time training. The, fir the, first, the first leader was, it was in the, the first week of the pre-training. <laughs> but now they're being the, the first team, tra uh, the first trainees, first term trainers, trainees on the Lord's Day evening to come together and to introduce one another and to get a certain word and one brother and then another brother, it was in that meeting. When they saw that sister, they knew they're going to get married. It went through all the, the two years, and they're now living, they're married happy ever after, both couples. 
Anyway, back to the main thought <laughs> is that the Lord the Lord needs access because he doesn't force to motivate us that we will just be a completely opened vessel. And then at his time and his arrangement, you will not just sense some love. You will not just experience love. The love of God will be poured out in your heart. I just love this verse very much. I just long that thousands and thousands of saints in the Lord's recovery will experience this. It'll be so real that in the midst of any situation, love is poured out. Love makes you the conqueror. Love makes you more than conquer this situation. How it happens, I don't know. I just know that this is the key. Point A, because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts, the heart of every believer is a heart of love. You just consider, if I ever told you before, something about your heart. Your heart is a heart of love. And the more the love is poured out, the more your heart is love. And I can honestly say, and you can honestly say the same thing. I'm just representing all of us. I, I could meet any person, any person, any human being, no matter whether your culture is different, your skin color is different, your race, your background is different, whatever it is, your age is different. But I just would ask you, I open myself to you. Just read my heart. And you'll realize. I love you. Because you're a human being. I love you. On behalf of God. And we love one another. There's a verse I was going to read later. That I feel to read it now. And that is in. First John chapter 5. Uh, sorry. Verse 3, verse 16. In this we know love that he laid down his life on our behalf. So we're talking about Christ dying for us. In this we know love that he laid down his life. And the Greek word really is not the word zoe, it's the word for soul, referring to soul life. We know, we know love. His love is expressed by laying down his life on our behalf. And we ought to lay down our lives on behalf of the brothers for one another. This is going to happen among us in the churches. This is going to be an aspect of the church life. That will be a sign of, of maturation. And that is just the way we live. We love one another. And we will lay down our soul life for one another. 
This is really love in practice. That there is there is the need. We don't just say, well, the Lord loves you. He's going to take care of you. Because the one who laid down his soul life for us, for our redemption, now he's living in us. And the love that motivated him is motivating us. And we will lay down our soul life for one another. So now we go on. Point B, in our experience and enjoyment of God as the Father in his love, we experience and enjoy the dispensing of love as the nature of God's essence into our hearts. Okay, this word dispensing is a, a, a very important word. Because now the process and consummated triune God is actually flowing himself into your being, dispensing himself into you. And what's on his heart is that he wants us to be an open vessel every day for his dispensing. I mentioned this already earlier this morning. I want to emphasize it now. That it's our experience and enjoyment of God as the Father in his love. We experience and enjoy the dispensing of love. And I want to make the difference clear between experience and enjoyment. Because it's possible to have experience without enjoyment. Before I explain why, I'll, I'll give an illustration. And maybe you maybe remember this. Uh, when you were young and uh, your mother prepared a certain food for you and there are certain things that was very, very healthy, but you just would not want to eat it. I just don't like it. I'm not going to take it in. And I remember one time where we were taking care of uh, the daughter of another saint. They asked us to and we followed the mother's suggestion and how you help them uh, re receive the food. You want to give them this kind of food. And so she sat down at the table and, and especially the vegetables, those things were there. She didn't want to do them. And so this was the challenge. You will sit there and you will not leave until you eat these vegetables. I will not. Yes, you will. I will not. Yes, you will. No more talk. And then I'm in the, the living room observing this in the kitchen. And then I heard. Okay, she did. She experienced the vegetables. She didn't enjoy it. Now, to apply this to our actual Christian life, we may have quite a significant degree of experiences without enjoying them. But why is that? Well, we need to know why and we need to know how the Lord will make that a normal thing. Okay. The organ for experience of the all-inclusive Christ is our spirit. 
We are one spirit with the Lord. The divine dispensing reaches our spirit first. So when we are exercising our spirit, contacting the Lord, we experience him in our spirit. But how is it then possible, Ron, to experience this wonderful Christ in our regenerated spirit without enjoying what we're experiencing? Well, there's a different organ other than your spirit that has two main functions, and that is your soul. And the two main functions of the soul are first, the soul is the organ of expression. That is why we need to be transformed into the image of Christ, because the Christ who is dwelling in us can be expressed only through our soul as the organ of expressing. So it's expressing through our mind, emotion, and will. But I want to emphasize the other aspect. It is the organ of enjoyment, of enjoyment. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 25, Paul, who was now carrying out the commission he had from the Lord to shepherd the flock of God, he said, we all are like sheep that have gone astray. But Christ is the shepherd of our souls. He's the shepherd of our soul. And he's the overseer of our soul. So this is happening right now. Okay, right this minute. At uh, 819. And that is, the pneumatic Christ is the shepherd of our soul in our spirit. And he's overseeing, not spying. He's not keeping a record. Okay. Oh, you're thinking that? I don't like that. Okay. I'm going to bring that up to you on Judgment Day. Okay. You have that kind of feeling? Okay. Noted. Uh, you made this kind of decision. Uh, very unwise. But I got a record here. He's not doing that. He is overseeing so that he knows the kind of shepherding you need. In your mind, in your feeling, in your emotion, you're a human being. Because what is what is taking place in your soul is keeping you from enjoying the Christ who is in your spirit. Because your organ is an organ of enjoyment as well as an organ of expression. So that is why even right now he's overseeing us. And he's aware of where we need, aware of what, what we need. And then he wants to shepherd us so that the functions of our soul, the mind, emotion, and will can now operate as the channel of enjoyment. And remember, I repeat, that there are certain indicators that we are living in the reality of the kingdom of God. From Romans 14, 17, the kingdom of God is righteousness. Okay, you can say, amen. My conscience is clear. You can, you can say, I'm really at, I really have this righteousness and peace. I have peace. And for many years, I personally just stopped at peace. I thought, that's it. If I have peace, righteousness and peace, 
I'm living in the kingdom of God until someone who had the um, the ground to say and had the boldness to say to me directly, and I mean directly, is saying, Ron, you are robbing yourself of so much enjoyment of Christ. And I listened to that. And thankful to the Lord, I didn't say, what did you say? Are you full of enjoyment of Christ? No, that was someone speaking on behalf. And I realized that's true. Because the rest of that verse is, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Joy. Joy is the sign. And look, we can't counterfeit that. Right? Your countenance will not allow a false smile. That's why I, I just, I, I don't mind if people want to take a, a photo, photo, but I just can't give you a genuine smile because now I'm, I, I got a smile and so what? So what? You know, come on. I wish it would be spontaneous, or even spying on me because and so actually, I'll just tell you this, it gives the glory to God. When I was 19, something deeply radical happened in my life to, to just deeply affected me in two ways. And I made a very serious decision that I really believed concerning human life, that there is no such thing as love, really. There's talk. Because from my experience, someone, no matter who the person is, they say, you know, I love you. But then when they find out what I'm really like, the love is gone. And so what kind of love is that? Nothing less. And then especially joy, joy, that's for shallow people. You know? I'm heading for the depths. I'm not going to be a shallow person. Right. The deep people, they are deep and they are in pain and they are suffering, but at least they're deep. They're not shallow. And the Lord just put up with me. He just waited. And regarding the love, I was in now the church life. I've been there maybe a year and a half. And someone called a hymn, you know, come and rejoice with me, for I have found a friend who knows my heart, most secret depths, but loves me to the end. And I found out for the first time, there is love. There really is love. Amen. And God is love. And then something happened in another situation. And especially I learned this from when I repeat again and again and again about Brother Nee's final word. All that he suffered, all that he went through, he said, I, I kept my joy. Because in the midst of that, he was under living in the reality of the kingdom of God. Then I realized my view is upside down. Those who have joy, they are the deepest believers. Because that joy is, is an expression of a transformed soul 
of a brother or sister that has passed through again and again the valley of the shadow of death that have experienced the cross applied to them in various ways. They know the power of Christ's resurrection and no matter what the environments are, and I explained an aspect of them earlier today, the suffering doesn't go away, but deep within his final word was, I kept my joy. So this indicates someone's soul has been shepherded and transformed and saturated with the process and consummated triune God so that now the organ of the, the soul has normal function. Christ is expressed, but you are not aware of Christ being expressed through you because that would make you self-conscious. You're just inwardly Christ-conscious, life-conscious. But others are aware that this is not just someone I'm conversing to. There's someone else being expressed, and we're expressing one another. What a wonderful church life. We're not aware that it's going on. Otherwise, if we were self-conscious, it all flies away. But there is just this expression, and a characteristic is joy unspeakable Amen. and full of glory. And this is going to be a sign that we're living in the reality of the kingdom. And as those who are living in the reality of the kingdom, there are those that will be rapture ready when we're at the end of the first three and a half years of the 70th week. The joy, the love will be the indicator. You're rapture ready. And the love will be the same love. There's no partiality. There's no preference. That is human. That is, that is un, that's not genuine. Because the Lord pours out the same love for all of us. And the joy will be expressed through all of us. And so now the nature of God's essence is being poured out in our hearts. So our heart is going to be renewed. Don't you love this prayer in Ephesians 3? Especially that part that Christ may make his home in your heart. Amen. I, I, what I'm going to say now, I, I just am fond of using this illustration. So here it comes again. You might have heard it not once. You might have heard it, oh, nine times. But anyway, here it comes again. The reality of Christ making his home in our heart. Many years ago, when I would be traveling alone, thankfully I'm no longer doing this, uh, and I'm just a guest at, for the weekend for a conference, and 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 the, the brother and the sisters say, Ron, make yourself at home. And I know what they mean, just, just to feel that you're part of the family. And one particular time they said, uh, this is our daughter, uh, our daughter's bedroom. And now this is your bedroom. And so let's suppose one time I said, uh, okay, now I'm in this bedroom, right? And you said, make yourself at home. 
And so I called for the brother and I would say, will you come in, please? Because this is my bedroom. And uh, look, at, look at the color of the walls. Men don't have pink walls. So please go to, let's go to Ace Hardware. I want you to get light green paint and paint it. And then look on my bed. How am I supposed to sleep there? The, the book, uh, the bed is, a zoo is full of all these stuffed animals. <laughs> Throw them away. And th this is my room. And so here's this device that's has all kinds of music, over 700 rock music. Uh, remove it all. I want to have Beethoven's symphonies. <laughs> and then uh, he may say, uh, excuse me, please. Then he calls for a family fellowship. Then he comes back to me and say, Brother Ron, I think you would like to be in this five-star hotel. <laughs> but they said, make yourself at home. But I realized, I, I know what you mean. Just feel comfortable within a very strict limitation. But when you pray to the Lord, Lord, make yourself home in my heart. He means to make his home in your heart. So now, okay, I want to make my, I'm going to go to the room after room. I'd like to start in your mind. Okay, what you're thinking about, the way you reason, uh, your memory. You have memories associated with all kinds of feelings that come up again and again. I want all of these removed and replace them with something positive. And so the Lord is actually going to rearrange our heart as his eternal dwelling place. It's actually going to happen Amen. because he's going to live here. Because you know where, where he has been prior to that? We could say, well, the Lord has been in our spirit. That's correct. But actually, he's been in prison. He's been confined to our spirit. When we exercise our spirit, he comes out to a certain extent. But he wants to spread from our mingled spirit into our heart and make his home in our heart. And then I'm applying to this when he does this, the, the essence of God will now be in our heart. Our heart will be filled with this. This is why the love will be effortless. It's just effortless toward anyone and everyone. Because this is what you are. Wait, wait till we come to point Nine, we'll get there in a couple minutes. It'll be something even more radical than this. And, uh, you know, I just hope it stirs up in you and you pray about it until it, you just have the sense, okay, I'm going to, this is going to happen in me. Eight, in Ephesians 3.19, Paul speaks of the knowledge surpassing love of Christ. Knowledge surpassing. But we have to have knowledge, but it's knowledge surpassing. The love of Christ surpasses knowledge, yet we can know it by experiencing it. That's how we know. But we don't have doctrinal knowledge merely, but experiential knowledge. 
Just as Christ is immeasurable, so his love is immeasurable. And just let me read to you these subpoints. Very interesting. If we compare what we have so far experienced of the immeasurable love of Christ to all that there is to experience, it is like comparing a raindrop to the ocean. And so, I'm very glad for the raindrops in your heart and mine. But there's the ocean of love. Amen. And this ocean is going to be flowing into us eternally. Amen. It'll never stop. It'll never be a repeat of something. Amen. Unending. And so, if you're getting some little raindrops, very good. But eventually, I was going to say, I'm taking you beyond drop after drop. I want a wave of love. Not a destructive wave. A wave of love is going to come flowing. Then another one flowing. And you'll realize I'm just going to be lost in the ocean of love. Amen. I just abandon myself. Well, I'll be here forever. Christ in his universal dimensions and in his immeasurable love is like a vast, limitless ocean for us to experience forever. And it'll always be new. So I don't know if there'll be time recorded or measured in the new heaven and the new earth, but let's say after we've been there, um, Let's say four be, be be kind of limited four four billion years, and then we realize every everything is new. We can say, "I've never been there. I've done that. I know that," because he's infinite. Amen. And I just am amazed. I'm I'm just refreshed myself. This is going to last forever Amen. and ever and never stop. But it has to begin somewhere, so why not with us here and now? Point nine. The love mentioned in Ephesians 4, 15 to 16, the inner substance of God. This is the definition of love, the inner substance of God. Is the love of God in Christ that becomes the love of Christ in us? Okay, we pause here. It becomes the love of Christ in us, not only enabling us to love, but also causing us to become love. Through the dispensing of the triune God of love, the love of God, the love of Christ, the love of the Spirit, we will become love. Okay, I don't know if you can believe this. Let me look at you. You can we look at one another. You are going to you are becoming love. Well, remember toward the end of message two about the high peak of the divine revelation. We're becoming God in life and nature. Well, isn't love an attribute of God? And now we aren't we becoming the same as God in so many attributes? And God is love. And so one day 
it's going to be said to you, you are love. Amen. You are love itself. This is going to actually happen. You will just be that because God has made you the same as he is in this attribute of love. Now the last two points. And then you complete the message. We'll have at least 20 minutes to respond. Uh, appreciate very much. God's everlasting love in Christ is a banner spreading over us, displaying and exhibiting that we who are loved by God are more than conquerors. So I never realized, and you didn't realize either, there's a banner spreading over us right now to the universe that we are loved by God. We're more than conquerors because we're loved by God. What a testimony to the evil powers in the air. Final point. Quote, do not fear the things which you are about to suffer. That's Revelation 2.10. This is a very healthy word. Do not fear the things that are about to suffer. My wife and I were in Malaysia. Then we were in Singapore in January and early February of 2020. And we learned in an early stage about the COVID matter. And I studied a little bit. I realized <clears throat> for an older person, this could be quite dangerous. So I have to be be careful. But then I made a decision. And my, my wife and I were in one accord as usual. I will not be ruled by fear. Amen. I want to take a practical action. But I will not be ruled by fear. But it's so sad to see tens of millions of people ruled by fear rather than just taking the practical steps they feel are the, are the best for them. And so do not fear the things that you are about to suffer. For in all these things, we will more than conquer through the one who loves us, our beloved Lord Jesus Christ. Lord of Lord and King of Kings. And so, would the, would the mics please come forward? And maybe there's one of the brothers among us that will be the first to come to the mic and just speak for a minute to open the way and then just follow the love of God in you wherever you're seated. Just come and share for a minute. Then we'll be done by nine o'clock leaving the meeting with more love in us than we did have at 7.30. Okay? So please share.